Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. <laughs> Excuse me. Wow, it's been a uh, tough road, I think, the last few months. Especially when you get COVID three times, <laughs> I've had, I can't believe it. Yeah, I've had COVID three times, and uh, my voice is a little raspy. That's because it, that's the hangover effect. I've I've still got some minor congestion, nothing really to uh, worry about. But uh, man, I just can't believe it. The uh, I, I'll tell you what though, it it does get easier each time you've had it. The uh, first time was the roughest. The uh, second time was pretty bad, but nowhere near the first time. And this time I just thought I had a cold, you know, so that's basically, but I still tested positive, um, which is uh, kind of crazy. And that was, uh, three weeks ago, I think the, uh, but, and I've still been coming in and, uh, uh, I wore a mask when I pre-record the radio show. Today's show is live. So I'm here in the uh, studio. And if you'd like to call in the numbers, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And uh, I'll be glad to see if I can help you any way I can. And I think uh, at Bullington Capital, we're, we're actually going to start a um, focusing more on pre-retirement and retirement planning. Um, we've always done that, by the way. And I've had a, an awful lot of people who wanted to know, uh, here's the difference between retirement income planning and financial planning. This is my personal opinion. General financial planning, you're trying to take into account everything, including like how to pay for your kids' weddings, if you have kids, how to pay for their college, you know, if you have that. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, if you've got kids and you've got more than one child and you plan on putting them through college and paying for their weddings, um, you may not have enough money left over to save for, for retirement. <laughs> And uh, I, I'm laughing about it, but it's actually not that funny. I mean, I I hear that a lot, and I hear from people who've uh, you know had kids later in life. It's that's pretty tough. So, um, in my personal philosophy on this, is you need to take care of yourself first. You know, planning to replace the income that you earn today in retirement is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so 
and if you can't help yourself, you're not going to be able to help your kids uh, in the future. And uh, there's just uh, so bottom line is that should be like kind of your number one priority, I think. And uh, maybe not, you know, it it really depends on the situation. But uh, for the most part, I think being able to not have to go into work anymore at some point in time and not have to worry about maintaining your lifestyle, it's kind of a, you know, it's a big deal. So it's what I like to try to focus on. And that's basically what we're going to focus on uh, on this show going forward. Not that paying for weddings in college is wrong because I put, you know, three of my kids through college. The uh, And uh, let me tell you something. I'll be working an extra 10 years because of that. <laughs> At least. <laughs> and, but but that's okay. And uh, Good kids. They seem to uh, enjoy themselves and have nice uh, careers. And so that's good. And, uh, you know, it was worth it. Um, but that's really kind of the, the, I guess the biggest difference between, uh, the financial planning programs that are out there, uh, and, uh, those that kind of just hone in on just the retirement. The retirement is in, in my mind, it's the biggest goal. It's, you're going to have to save more for retirement than anything else. That's going to be, that's, sh- that's going to be your biggest asset are your retirement savings. It'll be probably worth more than your home should be worth. Yeah, actually several times more than your home, um, more than you're going to spend on cars. And it's, it's a lot. Let me give you an example. Let's say you wanted to have four, $40,000 a year. Okay. And there's this rule we call the 4% rule. Financial planning basically says, uh, you should, shouldn't spend more than 4% of whatever your retirement savings is that first year in retirement. That's the goal. So if you wanted $40,000, you need a million bucks. You need a million, yeah, and that's, <laughs> it's a lot, believe me. And by the way, when you see how much a lot of people get on Social Security or Medicare or a pension from, uh, let's say they did you know 20 years in the military um, minimally, it's a lot of money. And when you start looking at it from the 4% rule, you realize just about how much money that's actually worth. And it's one of the reasons that uh, one of my kids listened to me and decided to take a job teaching. And I showed her the, uh, she was very, uh, she was upset her freshman year. You know, almost freshman kids, you're away from home for the first time all the time. And uh, so anyway, I went down to see her, uh, went and gotten something to eat and she was, you know, really upset thinking she wanted to change her major. And I go, you know, you, you can change your major, honey. But the, the bottom line is um, teachers are communicators. So you can get a job in sales. You can get a job doing a whole ton of other things. You don't actually have to be a teacher. But if you decide to go into teaching, here's what you can look at. Uh, I pulled up some statistics and what the average teacher made and, and, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem all that thrilling at first, but then how their pay gets raised over the years and how much money is taken out and put into a pension plan for them, the amount of money that she would have had to have accumulated on her own to equal the amount that the average teacher in the state of Ohio that put in 30 years was going to get was 2 million bucks. Okay. And that was 12 years ago. Two million dollars. Use the four percent rule. 
four, that's $80,000 in today's dollars. Well, by the time she gets to be my age, that's going to be worth about 50 grand. If, if inflation calms back down, by the way, <laughs> if inflation stays the way it is, it's going to have, she'll have to have more than 2 million bucks. You know, if you were to do that on your own and that's, that's what I was pointing out to her is like, Hey, you know, when you're going to get this pension, it's going to pay this much. And here's the stats. I just pulled, looked it up online and, you know, pulled it up, talked to a couple of teacher clients I have the, uh, um, so she went back to her class and I didn't think that she still seemed really upset after the conversation. And I didn't think she was even listening. And she went back to her uh, dorm and she wrote a, uh, a speech for a speech class that they had to give. And it was taught by the head of the Department of Education for her college. Uh, and he was actually the former head of the Department of Education for the state of Ohio. But anyway, he taught their first class. He wanted to teach all the, the new teachers their first class. And then he taught their last class. So he really had a sincere interest in these kids. And I uh, thought it was really nice. Anyway, she takes the speech that I that I had given her in uh, that whole I, the thing that I think that I didn't think she was listening because she was still kind of looking dejected. She gives that speech to the class. She gets an A plus, and he has her come and give that speech to all the other classes <laughs> because nobody had ever presented that to them. Just how much money you would have to accumulate to be able to generate the pension income that teachers get. So, uh, you know, and by the way, they earn that money. <laughs> that, is a, that is not an easy uh, occupation. And you only see a small fraction of what the teachers actually do, especially today with all the documentation that they have to do. But anyway, so I just thought that was, that was kind of funny. Uh, was a, uh, I was so glad that I was in this business because I, I wouldn't have known any of that had I not uh, been in the financial advice business. And uh, so anyway, just story there to, to hopefully help you out there. If you encourage kids, by the way, federal pensions are the same. Try to save up enough money to match what they're going to give you if you keep your nose clean and get one of those jobs. Uh, it's a big deal. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if I had known, I would have probably tried to work for the FBI or uh, uh, maybe the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Coast Guard, because they do some pretty exciting stuff sometimes. You know, my luck, I'd get posted up in Alaska, but the, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> but the pension, <laughs> if I'd have known, I would have been like, who cares? You know, I, you want me to go to where? I'll, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, um, a lot of a lot of value, a lot of benefit to getting those those types of jobs. And you know, at one point in time, the uh, this area you had unions and and big Ford, General Motors, all the steel companies that made parts from all the companies that made parts for those uh, for the the big three. And uh, it was this was a huge, it was a booming area for a long, long time. And so they had pensions and their pensions were really good. And it was pretty funny too, because I used to talk to people uh, that uh, were retiring from there and they had no idea what that pension was worth. How much are you going to have in retirement? And they were, well, I'm only going to get 5,000 a month only. Um, do you know how five, <laughs> do you know how much money you would have to have to generate $5,000 a month? That's, that's $60,000. Uh, even at 20 times, that's one point, you're about somewhere around one and a half million dollars. 
that, that's how much you'd have to save to, to generate that. And uh, it's so funny. I'd get in arguments with them. No, well, here's a calculator, you know, right there. Go ahead and do that bath. So it was the, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's shocking. And this is what really needs to be taught, I think, in the, uh, um, they should start teaching this in high school because, you know, by the time you're 12, you've already done percentages. You, you know how to do the math. Uh, and that might be a pretty good age, I think. Maybe somewhere around fifth or sixth grade, start to uh, start teaching people how much money it takes to, to be able to retire comfortably. And, uh, you know, if you have a pension, you have Social Security. Social Security is very valuable. I mean, you start looking now, that, that will give you an, a whole different view of the amount of money that you collect from Social Security. Because you take that, and whatever your annual amount is, divide it by uh, 0.04, that's 4%. That's a recommended rule for the distribution for the first year um you could go up to five you could go as high as six that you'd be pushing it though you you could actually run up run out of money if you um spent much more than five percent a year historically there there were time periods where the market had done so poorly that if you had retired and, and took that kind of money out you'd actually would have run out of money uh within 20 years so yeah i know that doesn't seem like uh, that should be that way. And that's another reason that, uh, you know, I feel like the field that I'm in, um, it's, it's just, it's not just a job. It's a vocation. You literally have to have these conversations with a lot of people and it opens their eyes. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, when you, you know, I have to talk to a lot of people who are in their mid sixties and didn't know this. And then now don't realize, you know, they've, the bottom line is they're probably going to, they're just going to have to keep working. They're going to have to find employment and keep working. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, you'll know that I've made it when I quit and you see me working at a local Lowe's because <laughs> my dad was a carpenter and we would, you know, I just love those tools and uh, reminds me of this, the sawdust flying and uh, it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, but uh, I can't afford to work there now. It doesn't doesn't pay that much. <laughs> it doesn't pay enough. <laughs> and uh, but that was that would be my dream goal. And then that's another thing with retirement. Do not sit there. Just sit at home. Um, I've been doing this now for thirty years, and the vast majority of people who've been able to accumulate uh, a fairly substantial amount of money are older. The vast majority of them are older. Okay. And I can tell you, the ones that retired and said, yeah, I'm just going to relax all day in front of the TV and just enjoy myself, uh, man, I'm telling you, somebody does a study on this, they're going to find out that those people don't live that long. They literally, you got to keep active. Uh, you got to keep moving. And I know sometimes that's really hard. It's incredibly hard. I wonder, I'm wondering how I'm going to, see, I'm approaching that age, by the way. Yeah, I'm in my, uh, I've only got a few months until I turn 60. And a lot of my body parts are starting to hurt. <laughs> and a lot of that's from uh, having played football for 13 years out of my life. I played Division I uh, for four, five years, actually. The, um, and uh, not easy. Uh, even when you're in the, uh, like I spent the first year in the SEC and the four years in the MAC. And uh, even in the MAC, there's a, uh, I mean, you're out there. The rules were different then, by the way, and I am so glad that they've changed those because those kids will not have to sit there and hurt like uh, the aches that I'm feeling as I'm sitting here right now. But um, so anyway, don't know how I got on that uh, subject, but uh, I did want to talk a little bit about 
what stocks were doing. It's, it's still, I mean, if you look at the S&P 500, the vast majority of stocks kind of go along with that. Um, it's not the entire stock market. In fact, the top 50 stocks make up 50% of the index. The top 50 stocks make up 50% of the index. And there's been another index, by the way, that, that's got better long-term, a better long-term track record than the S&P 500. And it's called the Russell 1000 growth. And uh, the main reason I think that it's done better is because it focuses on more than uh, more factors. That's a relatively new term. It's been around probably for 15 or 20 years. People are using it, but relative to the last hundred years, it's kind of new. So factors are things like size, like how big is the company? How, how much value does the stock have right now? There are, uh, and there's a uh, speed. Speed is a factor. How fast is the stock appreciating in value? And uh, if you use speed, actually, the uh, that that's all the S and P five hundred uses is size and speed. That's it. Those are the two factors that they use to pick the stocks and to manage that fund. And it's actually pretty good. It's incredibly difficult to beat. The especially uh, well, actually, in the longer run, it's not as hard. Over a you know five year time period, you might as well toss a quarter as whether or not your fund is going to outperform the S and P five hundred. And but I don't think it's actually the odds may not even be that good. <laughs> so, but in long time periods, when you're looking at things like profitability, and you're thinking, looking at things like size and speed, that profitability is kind of the key factor there. When you add the profitability to it, that ends up uh that has ended up doing better in the long run and we'll talk about all this stuff as soon as we come back this is bill bullington right here on 1420 stay tuned you've been patient patient with me the dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year with promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. Charlie Kirk says, now is the time to get active. Now, I don't want to get too cocky, though. I don't want to get too excited. So we got to get out. We have to mobilize. This is by no means a sure thing. We've been talking about how there's a red wave and how independents are going to show up, and all that is true. We are within striking distance. But if we do not do our job over the next 15 days, that red wave will become a red ripple. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? 
At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. And I'm back. And now, um, all right. I can't hear myself. There we go. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> oh, well, sorry about the uh, little technical difficulties there. The uh, So we're talking a little bit about uh, retirement planning, what, what kinds of things you need to take a look at and how are you going to fund that? How are you going to finance it? What kinds of things do you really like to do? Um, this this is an ongoing process, by the way. It you know it's not a once and done. Um, you're going to go through different things during retirement that are going to um, have you make changes, and sometimes they're they're very positive changes. And uh, so it's just not a uh, something that you can actually kind of kind of leave. Um, should always be kind of a little bit in the back of your mind. Uh, can we afford to take this trip to California to take the grandkids to, you know, Disneyland? I, I don't know. The, uh, that depends on what, what your budgets are and how much you've saved and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, people call me a lot saying, hey, can, how much of a, can I afford for the car? Well, the, uh, let's take a look at your, your budget. It should be much more than 10% of your your monthly budget because if it is you're going to have a you might run into trouble but uh if you need the car you need the car and uh, you may have to cut back in other places but it's kind of interesting when you look out at it uh it doesn't have uh as much to do with just the pure investing as a lot of people think it might although it does have a lot to do with it and investing is incredibly important Generating the type of returns you might get or, or might need to get, you may not have the risk tolerance for. That's the that's probably the hardest thing. And I've got a uh, quick phone call here from a Jeremy. Jeremy, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Yeah. Good morning. How are hey, you? Um, well, how are you? Good. Hey, I wanted to get uh, what your thought about um, investing in. Precious, precious metals or mining companies at this stage of the market. Oh, you might as well toss a quarter. You know, the uh, theoretically, when you have higher um, inflation, that kind of stuff is supposed to move kind of in lockstep with that, but it, it, it never has. <laughs> and uh, you look at where the here's there's a um, an ETF that invests in gold. And the symbol's GLD. So in uh, 2020, it was right around 
193 bucks, and right now it's 2022, and it's 156. Okay, you've had all this inflation, and it the price is a lot lower, so it's not working like it's supposed to. And mm-hmm. if if you look at that over the a really long time period, you'll see that there's not a the correlation's not real high. I mean, correlation mm-hmm. means when one thing is doing something, another thing is is typically doing something. Uh, and, uh, the more frequently that occurs, the higher the correlation is. And when you look at how this has been occurring, this is, you know, it's not very accurate. I mean, it's not moving in lockstep like a lot of people think it should. And so, by the way, the ETFs that I use, they have some gold, uh, stocks in them. So it's already in there in the uh, uh in the fund itself and they hold real estate okay. uh and uh they hold health care and you know they hold hold technology so i'm a big fan uh-huh. of getting my exposure to that through a well-researched fund and a lot of the funds that are out there even the, the russell 1000 i was talking about it actually has stocks in each of the uh largest categories so there are mm-hmm. gold stocks in there. There are real estate investment trusts in there. Um, but what it does, it, it adds another layer there and uh, helps you uh, kind of hone down on those companies that are growing the fastest right now. It's not always the best place to be, by the way. The, uh, the, the bigger your returns, for poten- the bigger the potential for the return, the more fluctuation you're probably going to have to put up with. So that, mm-hmm. that those higher returns don't come for free. You, you pay for it with the uh, extra volatility you end up getting if you decide to use it. So you think, you know, like investing in uh, individual, you know, mining stocks like a uh, bear gold or new mining is pretty risky then, huh? Yeah. Um, unless you're an expert in that field. And if you know the people that work there or you're on the board, um, I, I think it's pretty, really difficult to, to do uh, for an average person. So you'd have to devote, an enormous amount of time, effort, and energy to that, and then the chances of you outperforming um, the the index itself are typically about four to one against you. <laughs> wow! So uh, I just don't know if it's worth the time. You know what I'm saying? If if yeah. you, if you want to invest in gold, just buy the GLD. You know, if if you think yeah. that's a, a good thing to do. Got it. Okay. Okay, Bill. All I right. Appreciate your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about this market uh, or the uh, financial services now. If you can think of a strategy, there's a fund that's out there doing it. And I don't care if it's a crappy idea. I've seen there are tons of crappy ideas. Yeah, I want to go, you know, 300%, whatever the S&P or the gold trust or whatever that makes. And there's enough fund that's doing that. And boy, you want to talk about wiping out a lot of profit in a very short time period. <laughs> Those are uh, the more aggressive. You might get lucky. I mean, you could get lucky, but uh, I, I am not a gambler, man. I, I just, I like to know what the probabilities are. You know, what are the probabilities of Procter and Gamble going broke? Um, probably not very high. They, they generate a ton of cash. Their debt loads, not that heavy. I understand the products that they make. At least I think I do. I mean, I, I use Tide religiously. The uh, And you go to their website and you'll notice that 
you're all probably using a whole ton of products from Procter and Gamble. And uh, I've held it on onto it for a few years. And I ain't never selling that stock. I mean, based on my my cost basis, because I bought it when it was down, the market was down a lot. And I looked up and said, oh, there's one of my favorite companies. And now it's it's undervalued. By the way, it's almost never undervalued because it's so well-known and it's such a big part of so many funds out there that if you're going to watch for, if you want to buy individual stocks, wait till the market's down 30 or 40% or so. And if you're below the age of 60, you're probably going to live through that again. No sweat. Okay. So wait till the market's down like that and then go pick up your favorite stocks (laughs) and then don't sell them. (laughs) Put that in a a separate account. This is my stock account. That's basically what I do. The vast majority of my money is invested in funds. Uh, 80% of it. Yeah. So I have 20% because why? Because I still like doing stocks, you know, and, and I think people like me and you, you, somebody shows you the easy way and somebody shows you the hard way. And I'm going, yeah, I'll go the hard way. <laughs> Just part of my personality. But, uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot of that beaten out of me. <laughs> so I've got about 20% and yeah, I like it. It's great. I love to pick individual stocks. I think it's fun. Uh, you better get ready for a really bumpy ride. Individual stocks are incredibly volatile. Even the uh, Procter & Gamble stocks, yeah, stocks like Procter & Gamble, they fluctuate a lot. The smaller the company is, the more fluctuation you're going to get. And that's been going against most of the other asset classes in as far as stocks go. Mid-cap, small-cap, they've been being outperformed by the larger companies on a share price appreciation basis. And a large part of that is because it's gotten so popular, uh, ETFs or indexing has gotten so popular that more and more money has gone into the large cap index funds and they've done better. They're not worth more. The value is actually greater in the smaller size companies. Why? Because it's a lot easier to grow when you're doing $4 billion than it is when you're doing $4 trillion. Uh, That just should make sense. And I think if if you wait long enough, you'll see that that will start to uh, have a big impact on how a lot of these funds are growing. And very interesting to see, though, that uh, over the last 10 years, the, the number one category has been large cap growth. Companies like Facebook, Google, Apple, everybody goes, oh, yeah, 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 that makes complete sense. Well, and it does. At some point in time, they will not be able to maintain those growth rates. Those growth rates are going to flatten out and so will their share price movement. So it's not something realistically that I'd feel comfortably uh, investing and forgetting about. I want to keep on top of that one. Uh, The ones that I would probably not worry too much about are those that are equally weighted and hold the top 1,000 stocks. You do that over a long, long time period and uh, it generally end up coming out slightly ahead. You, you would have in, in most of the 10-year rolling time periods um, going back 40, 50 years. So if you want to go back to the depression and before then, then yeah, that, that's up to you. I don't, I don't want to spend that kind of time because too many other things have changed to make markets evolve since then. Probably really don't need to go back much further than the 60s. And uh, uh, to look at which strategies you might want to employ. And uh, so anyway, but you know, that's kind of getting away from uh, what we first started talking about at the beginning of the show. And that's 
how much money do you need to be able to comfortably retire? Well, it depends on what you want to have in retirement and how old you are. You know, if you are 40 years old and you're looking at, you know, by the time you get to, to be full retirement age, social security is probably going to be at 72. Uh, by the way, that's how you save social security. You know, you, they did this a few years ago. They just bumped out the full retirement age by two years. Guess what? All of a sudden they, they got a lot more funding for what they're going to have to pay out because they're not paying out as much. And I fully expect over the next 10 years, it's probably going to be at 70. You know, that'll be the full social security age. Uh, you'll probably be able, still be able to take it out at 62. You're just going to get a, take a bigger discount if you start taking it at 62 or if you take it at any time before then. But uh, I know there are a lot of, um, oh, well, if, if there are any politicians listening to this show, which I probably doubt, but the, uh, if they were and they heard me saying this, they're going, oh man, that is so good. He's warming him up. He's warming him up for when the big, for when the hammer drops. <laughs> and I'm just taking a look and I am not a politician. In fact, I'm agnostic. That drives everybody crazy. I, I always look at what the candidates are standing behind, what kind of things they're going to do economically. What are you going to do for us economically? How are you going to help us out? <laughs> and so I'm on our side. And uh, so, hey, I don't care what party they're from. If they're going to do things that are going to help, you're going to create jobs, you're going to level off taxes, lower taxes, be able to, without curtailing too much spending because you're more careful, then, you know, that's that talk about a Pollyanna uh, dream. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. It's like that jumbo 15 pound shrimp that, that's out there somewhere in the ocean. <laughs> But getting a, a a politician that that spends money <laughs> uh, thoughtfully, yeah, the uh, I don't know. It's uh, but you know it's how they spend it too. What they spend it on. Some things have an almost immediate payback. You know that you nothing is all bad. By the way, in fact, eighty five percent of what they do is is very helpful. Fifteen uh, percent of it causes all the problem. <laughs> but for most. Most of the time, a lot of the uh, laws that they enact, they go. There's some really intelligent people involved with that, and uh, but everybody makes mistakes from time to time, and I'm just glad I'm not the one that has to call those shots, and I'm glad the uh, the country works the way that it does. You know, people still have a vote. The uh, they get to have some influence over this stuff, and that's that's a big deal. You know, I don't try try living in Russia or uh, or China. You know, they don't have a whole lot of influence. The, the people don't have a lot of influence there. So it's, boy, I've really got off on the, uh, uh, a lot of different stuff there in that. But anyway, it comes back to when you're doing retirement planning, it's, it's managing the risk. You're going to look at taxes. Um, there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Um, you can defer taxes if you'd like to. Uh, and I'm all for deferring taxes for as long as you possibly can. There's some of the tax-free stuff that you can do with Roth IRAs. Which one's better? Well, in order to know the the, the correct answer to that question, which one is going to be better, uh, you're going to have to know what your life expectancy is, and you're going to have to know what inflation rates are. You're going to have to know what future tax rates are, and you're going to have to know what the returns on the stock market are going to be. Now, if you know all those things, I need to talk to you urgently. <laughs> 
you're going to have to make assumptions is my, my point. You, you can't really know that. You can't know all that. You don't know. Do you know how long you're going to live? Do you, do you really know how long you're going to live? And if you do, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> but do you really know what the inflation rate is going to be 10 years from now? Do you really know what interest rates are going to be 10 years from now? Okay. Because if you've got all that stuff, it's because you're from that movie, Back to the Future. And, and you've, you've actually found that DeLorean. <laughs> but uh, for the vast majority of us, you just have to make assumptions. And everybody likes to make different assumptions, I'm telling you. They, they like to make different assumptions. That's why a caller calls in and asks about gold. You know, he wants to know. He wants to make an assumption. He wants to map out a plan. Well, that's another thing. You know, gold was 800 bucks an ounce when I was 16 years old. 16 years old. What is it? Somewhere around 15, 1600, somewhere in that neighborhood right now. I think it's probably $1,564 because the uh, gold trust is supposed to try to track that. And uh, anyway, so if it was at 800 bucks, and let me, I'm going to go to here. Actually, it's done more in the, since 2000, this, since this gold trust has been out. It's done a lot more. Since 2004, it's up about 250%. It's 2022 now. Okay, so that's 18 years. That is a you're doubling uh, roughly every seven or eight years. That's That's been about 6 or 7% a year, and just roughly, since it came out with that trust. That's actually better than its long-term average because the long-term average is not as good as that. There are, there are years, decades, where the return on gold was negative. It was negative. So that, that's what I mean when I'm talking about things that you can predict. What can I predict about Procter & Gamble that I can't predict about gold? Well, I can predict that if their costs go up the way they have, they're going to raise the tithe on my pride again. Uh, my pride. My tithe. <laughs> Might have something to do with my pride. But anyway, you, I hear the music. That means I'm going to take a quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Who shall I fear? Plumbing for Women. The title of that course would probably ruffle feathers today, and understandably so. But back when I taught it, everyone loved it, especially the students. Those women really wanted to know how plumbing worked, and they felt empowered by being able to work on their own plumbing. In the final exam, students made a modern art-looking sculpture from copper pipe and fittings. Each joint had to be properly soldered. Then we'd hook that sculpture up to a garden hose, and we'd pressure test it for leaks. It always worked perfectly. I still have some of those sculptures hanging around my office and home. I've always loved plumbing, and it's one of the great joys of my life to spread that passion to others, including our employees at Wyatt Works. Because I believe you deserve a plumber who loves his work and treats it like a calling, not just a job. Not only will he do better work, but you're going to be a whole lot happier having him in your home. And, quite frankly, that's the secret behind the Wallach-a-Doodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185. 
No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferentz here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to ArtisticReno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit ArtisticReno.com. Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. You've heard the saying, all good things come to an end. Well, not always. Sometimes they just take a break. That's what's happening with Our Lady of the Wayside's car donation program after 24 years and 96,000 rides donated. Pretty amazing. Here's the story. The car lot's owner sold the property, making it impossible for car donations to be accepted at this time. According to the Wayside CEO, Terry Davis, the next right steps will be determined and communicated soon. So stay tuned. In the meantime, Terry and the entire team at the Wayside thank you for your continued support of the 450 individuals with developmental disabilities in the Wayside's care. And please take note, you can still support them by making a donation at thewayside.org. Well, welcome back. We've got a uh, few minutes left on this show. Uh, if you'd like to call in 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. If you'd like to contact me and uh, get together, do your own retirement income plan, uh, feel free to give me a call, 330-664-0700, or go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. If you go to the website and sign up for a newsletter, I send a newsletter out about every other week, and uh, you can always opt out of it, but uh, I like it. Um, I edit the newsletter, incidentally. Uh, I have a service that goes through and picks through articles that are the most popular across the country through some really expensive publications. And uh, I find it really, I I like it a lot. I think it it touches on a lot of things that that come up over time. And uh, they were talking a lot of, they talk a lot about the psychological aspects of investing. Uh, It's 95% in your head. Actual math is not that complicated. Now they've created Tons, I mean, literally thousands, maybe even in the millions of definitions for a lot of stuff. But realistically, when you, when it gets down to it, uh, companies come down, you know, if a company's going to grow, if its share price is going to go up in value, they're going to have to find a way to grow their sales and maintain their profits. Bottom line, if you can't grow your sales, how are you going to grow? Think about that for a second. That should make complete and total sense. If it doesn't, go to my website, download this show, and listen to it until it makes sense. <laughs> but uh, So if you grow your sales and you grow your profits, over time, the business value grows. And uh, in the meantime, stocks really don't pay a whole lot of attention <laughs> to that. It's just mind-boggling. And I couldn't believe when I first started in this industry 
And I started looking at and comparing the share price movement to what was actually going on in the company. I'm like, are, is does nobody really pay attention to this? Over a, a short time period, over a long time period, they have a tendency to match up pretty well. So the growth in sales is probably going to be pretty close to what you've seen the share price, its long-term average return be. And uh, that was another thing. I, I, there was a 50-year, and I think it was a Fortune 100, uh, the 50-year anniversary, and it, this is years ago, a couple decades ago. They came out with it, and I'm looking at it, and they have all these statistics on all the companies that were there 50 years ago, all the ones that had come along since then and pushed those others out of the way, all the ones that continued to, to move up. And the highest correlation between the share price appreciation uh, or the highest statistic that had the highest uh, correlation with share price appreciation was sales growth. And I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. You know, this is, I mean, this is a long time, probably 25, more than 25 years ago. Uh, I haven't seen that study published since then because there are a lot of, uh, funky things that happen in the meantime, companies sell for prices that they do not deserve a lot. And so for people in both directions, by the way, somebody will get super um, depressed over a company's performance of some portfolio manager somewhere. They'll start selling the stock. Once they start selling the stock, all those funds out there that have to sell based on the size, the size is shrinking when stocks are being sold because the prices are going down. So those funds automatically have to sell those stocks. They don't have a choice. They're run by computer. It's yes or no. It's this number or it's not that number. If it's not that number, see ya. The, uh, and why does it work that way? Because you can't make a computer work any other way. It's a zero or a one. <laughs> Maybe you know, in a 64 character. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about all that stuff, but that's the bottom line. And, and it doesn't make sense to people who haven't really watched this a lot. And uh, you know what? I'm talking an awful lot about this, but um, I think it's important. I think it's important that you feel comfortable with the investments that you're making. And you need to understand why you're making them. You know, The models that I have my money in, I put a lot of time into putting those together. Do they win every year? Heck no. Nothing wins every year. Let me say that again. Nothing wins every year. So anybody that's telling you differently than that either doesn't know any better or they don't want you to know any better. Those are the only two choices left. They don't know and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say they don't know. And uh, you can do things like momentum. Let's let's focus on those things that are going up real fast right now. Yeah, that's what capitalization waiting is. That's one of the reasons the S&P 500 is so hard to beat in the long run, because that's how it's run. They're looking at speed. How fast are these moving up? If they're moving up fast, we have to add more money to those shares. So it's not a lot like gambling to you. And uh, by the way, it is a lot like gambling. (laughs) And uh, the S&P 500 is like, you're gambling. I mean, but that's okay because there's an organization. I, I just like to have one or two other items there because it's been uh, showing over time that when they do have a big correction, most stocks will go down together. Some of them will rebound a little bit quicker than others, and it depends on the, how they've been managing the money. 
If they've been managing the money just based on size and speed, you could have a 10-year negative return. If that's it, and if you don't believe it, by the way, the uh, just go to, find, pull a chart up, go to uh, Telechart and sign up for a free trial and pull up SPY or the S&P 500 index and look, you go to March of 2000, the market peaked, went down 50%, finally gets right back to that level around the end of 2007, the beginning of 2008, then turns around and goes down 57%. And takes another couple of years to recover from there. And there was a 10 year, 10 year negative period where you would have seen your money get cut in half twice. That's one of the reasons that we do bonds, which I haven't really talked about. And I feel horrible. There's a new development coming from one of the uh, larger annuity companies in the country. It's not here yet, but it's coming and it's going to be a big deal. I've been looking at the, the rates that they've been talking about. Over 5%, it's tax deferred. The holding periods are shorter than most annuities that you might be familiar with. There's a five-year CDSC. That's a contingent deferred sales charge. There's a seven-year. Those are pretty short compared to the others, especially the ones that are paying that much in interest. And you can you can lock those interest rates in. You can get it for one year, three year, five year, seven year. Um, it It's not here yet. It's, it's not ready. It, it's going to be here sometime soon. It, it's almost, I mean, they're, they're very close to the fixed index annuity products that I was, that I've been talking about. Um, but those are a lot more complicated and see that that's kind of what I like about this one. The rates are pretty close. They're very close, but it's not as complicated. And I, if you know, if you've listened to any of my shows at all, you know, I don't like complicated stuff. I have had to learn so much crap that is useless. And I am telling you, it's useless. (laughs) In my industry, they make us learn a lot of stuff that, you know, it's it's just not helpful. And, uh, but you have to know it. And, and I get it. They, they don't want everybody to be able to pass a test and get a license because they know a lot of people probably, uh, you know, it's, it's a, IQ thing. They want you to be, uh, to have a certain level of um, intelligence, I guess, to be able to do what I do. They want to make sure that they're not just licensing everybody that comes along. And, and that's, it's probably a really good idea. I just wish it wasn't. <laughs> go to the uh, bookstore sometime uh, or go to Amazon. Look up the encyclopedias of, of financial um, language, just definitions, financial din- dictionary. I mean, there, there are hundreds of pages, and uh, most of it's just okay. What do you have? Sales? Yes, we have sales. Do you have profits? Yes, we have profits. All those thousands of pages are identifying all those things between the top line and the bottom line, and so you can. Uh, sometimes it's important, and that that's what I I feel bad for the general public because there are certain things that can be that can be done that are actually legal to do. And might be a little misleading uh, to somebody who doesn't know any better. Actually, it would be a lot misleading. And so there is a lot that you you need to know about. If you're going to invest in individual stocks, I, I feel like you should probably know a lot of that stuff. You can get away with the top and bottom lines um, if you, uh, you know what, I'm actually going to do a seminar on that. As soon as we, as soon as they open up, you know, as soon as they open up, I'll do a seminar on that. It's, I, I used to call it the 60 second test, you know. You can tell in just about 60 seconds if, you, if you've 
been around the block a few times, if you know what you're looking for, uh, if you go to a website that's got the information, it, it doesn't take much more than 60 seconds to know whether or not a company is worth pursuing. Let me say that again. In 60 seconds, you should be actually get really good at it. It's going to take you about 10 seconds. But the uh, but before you spend a couple of hours reading the financial statements and the, the management's explanation of what's going on, you can uh, basically weed out the ones that don't look good right away and literally in a few seconds. So, and if you don't get to that point, I, you better be retired because you will not have time to do the research that you need to do uh, to invest intelligently. Not that you can't invest. You just can't invest intelligently if you don't know this stuff. And it's not that uh, uh, once you get down to it, it's really not that bad. Um, but You'll upset a lot of people at parties, by the way, when you start talking and it's simple and some people understand it and the complicators of the world get really upset by that. They want you to know what free cash flow is, even though there are about five different definitions on it. <laughs> so anyway, I've only got a few seconds left. If you've heard anything here or you'd like some help putting together an income retirement plan or just a retirement plan, uh, feel free to give me a call. I think it should be the number one thing on your financial plan is how do you take care of yourself first? They used to call it paying yourself first when they were talking about saving for retirement. I hear the music. That means my show's over. Wow, that, that was pretty quick. This is Bill Bullink. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.